the readings for the week from 2 Timothy chapter 3. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message. Be persistent whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Convince Rebuke and encourage with the utmost patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires and will turn away from the listening to the truth and wander away to the myths. As for you, always be sober, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, carry out your ministry fully. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and His Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you knew that your time was coming to an end, what would you teach? If you had that magic crystal ball and you had an idea of with a coming day, what would you spend your time doing or talking about or sharing with the loved ones around you. Now, how many of us would like to know when that date is? I figured that. <laughs> a few. A few of us, right? That's because some of us are planners and some of us not so much. It's been a blessing over the last few weeks to have a number of the families meet down in the Shalom room tonight up in the narthex talking about how do we be faithful families. Well, step number one, you're here. Amen? But just because we're here doesn't mean we have a clue what it is that we are to do or what to say or how to live our life. The words I just read up on the screen are from Paul to Timothy. It's also the last letter Paul will ever write in his entire life. Days after Paul sends off this letter to Timothy, Paul is brought out into the courtyard and he loses his head in the name of the gospel. So I will rewind a few verses to the words before and again the words after what I read tonight. Paul says to Timothy, he said, you however know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured? Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who will be persecuted while evil men are impo and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. And his last words, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, 
the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and his Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What would you say in your last days? One of the questions that was asked tonight from one of our parents is, how do you be a parent? How do we, how do we know what to say? What do we do? How do we, and, and I'm paraphrasing, there were a whole a, a plethora of questions. I'm wrapping them together, but the question was, how do we help our kids when they're bullied on the playground? How do we help our kids if they're bullied because they don't have what everyone else in the classroom has? How do we speak a different narrative into the ears that they hear from everyone else. The reality is, the Christian story that we have, contained in the book that I'm holding, also on the ends of the pews around every single one of you, this story is losing traction in the world. Amen? It's losing traction. Why? Because in a fundamental, practical way, a sense of the manner, how many of you spent an hour this week reading it? I don't ask that to guilt, by any means. But I'm just literally putting it out on the line of how we've shaped our lives. How many hours have we dedicated to Netflix? Take a shot in the dark, I imagine it's at least a half hour, at least. I even confess that I've been watching, I'm on episode 5 of the Jeffrey Dahmer story. That's just how twisted your pastor is. Amen? <laughs> and I get asked, why would you watch such a thing? And I respond, so I can better understand my parishioners. <clears throat> even the serial killer ones of all. Amen? We're losing traction to hours of daylight to Netflix. We're losing traction to how many hours do you stand on the sideline of a field or a court? How many hours is your child in the classroom? God bless you teachers, blessings to you, but do the teachers, I don't say this to be judgmental, do the teachers know really what's in the curriculum that's being taught and what's being shared? Those of you that are prepared the most actually are looking through that. We're losing traction to the news, we're losing traction to the media, we're losing traction to what all of our friends and other family members say is what it is that is most important to you in your life, amen? And then the pastor gets up once a week for about 10, 15 minutes, opens up the good old book, and tells you a story. And the sad reality is for many of us, this good old story is just that. It's just a story. Until I tell you it's not. Until I tell you that the guy named Paul, who just, I read his, some of his last words he ever wrote in his entire life, a man who, by the way, we need to understand, actually persecuted the, old, the early Christians. It's easy to assume that Paul was just the goody-two-shoe Christian that had it all figured out from the get-go, spent his entire life preaching and telling the story, not even close. Paul, as many of us know, was Saul, and Saul was one of the chief Pharisees. Saul's job, he, with pride, with a smile on his face, 
would go down to the courtyard, get the new list of potential Christians out in the different communities around Jerusalem, and he would ride in on horseback with a sword in his waistband, gather them all out, men, women, and children, gather them out in the courtyard, and declare to them that they are heathens under the Jewish law, and that they deserve the punishment of death, and he himself would swing the sword from time to time. So to think that a man like that could not be changed by a book like this, wow, we take it for granted. Amen? Last, uh, last week we had the blessing of Hadi being up here, all the way from Madagascar, giving great thanks and praise that we helped put a roof on their church. What a lot of people also don't realize is that in many of the countries throughout Africa, there are people that are losing their lives simply because this book, the old story that the pastor preaches from for 10 minutes, is in their presence of their house. So if the rest of the world thinks that this is a deadly weapon, and we just shove it on down the pew as we sit down, I find myself asking again, are we losing traction? The answer is yes. Amen? Amen. God's word is truth. I ask us this. If we genuinely do not think that this book contains what God's hope and expectation is for you in your life, if we actually think that this book does not contain the rules and regulations in which God created you in to be, if we actually think that what this book or that this book does not have the story of what God is trying to do in your life from the beginning of his creation all the way to the end in which he's going to redeem us and the entire world, if we're going to reduce that and put it on the shelf and we read the little engine that could, you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want a glass of milk, and Dr. Seuss, more than will ever crack the pages here, we got a problem, amen? But pastor, I don't know how to read it. And that's why we come here. That's why we come and that's why we surround ourselves with the faithful people that maybe, just maybe, can teach us how to do it. And maybe with an ounce of humility we say, can you help me? Let's do this. Martin Luther, you know the guy who kind of helped us understand why we're called Memori or Lutheran Memorial? Martin Luther. Martin Luther, too, was about to lose his life for his helping the people of Germany understand what this book says. Martin Luther argued that when you hold this Bible, I'm going to pick on the ones on the ends of the pew. Those of you on the ends of the pew that have a Bible sitting right next to you, I want you to grab it to help hold up the illustration. And I want you to stand up. Oh, I know, that's the last time you ever sit at the end of the pew, amen? And I want you to hold that in your hand, just like this. When Martin Luther read scripture, he read it as though this is the cradle that holds Christ. You can sit back down. Don't slam it shut so hard. It's not that dangerous of a book. Well, it's a very dangerous book. Amen. This is the cradle that holds Christ because what this book also says is the answer as to why we gather here. What this book also says is that because of him, because of Jesus, because of what God is going to do to correct our whole broken system, because we die, we will live. Because there are moments in our lives, there are experiences in our life that question, that push and twist and fracture our faith, and even though we may say, I have lost all faithfulness, 
It is Christ that has faith for us, and faith and faith and faith to give. What this book says is that no, none of us are worthy. But because this is the cradle that holds Christ, each and every one of us gets to again be worthy. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm going to reread what Paul said here tonight. But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have shown the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What Paul is saying there is right here is your entire prescription in life. Right there is your entire prescription of how to live as an, as an individual, how to raise your children, how to be a faithful husband and a faithful wife, how to be an obedient co-worker, how to be an obedient student or athlete on the field. All of those things are in here. And instead, we, we'd rather turn it all over to Netflix, CNN, Fox, TikTok. Oh my gosh, TikTok. If parents, if that is on your kid's phone, you have no idea what you're letting them do. That's all i got to say about that. We're exchanging it for what? Every single thing under the sun. And they have no interest in telling you what is truth. The truth is Christ crucified. The truth is that we don't actually deserve another chance, but yet God loves us that much that he wants to give us another chance And that chance is remembering that his word is true and his word exists and it exists for each and every one of us. So brothers and sisters in Christ, as we leave this space tonight, start on bended knee tonight with prayer. Prayer next to your children. Let them hear you out loud talk to God. And I challenge you When you crawl in bed, husbands, pray for your wives out loud. If you want to know anything more romantic, I promise you, pray for them out loud. Wives, pray for your husbands out loud. You want to make a macho man a little weak at the knees? Let him hear what you're saying to God on his behalf. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the Word of God is living. The Word of God is always moving. And the word of God stands true each and every day. Thanks be to God. Amen.